0: for they uh, <laughs> <I'm trying> to <laughs> ah. <It's up. laughs>
1: Everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby powered by junk access code podcaster. This is your host, Mikey, and joining me as always is Grin
2: Man, Grin Man, the Grin Man, Ryan. And welcome back to Summer
0: of Trigger.
1: So, Kill a Kill in the books, Little Witch Academia in the pocket. We've now reached our halfway point of our summer series, and after two straight 24-25 episode animes, I feel it's time for a change of pace a little, and do something a little bit lighter. Lighter as in lighter in episodes, but not, uh, but most certainly not lighter in content, as on this episode we're ta- we're taking a look at SSSS Gridman.
2: Or as we will be calling it from this point forward, Gridman. Yes, yeah, gotta, gotta keep it simple here. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, what an... What what a series that I didn't really ex- uh, expect from Trigger. Um, just because it was, uh, it is just a very, uh, much more different uh, kind of show than what they made before.
1: But uh, if you remember all the way back when I did my uh, top 10 anime of uh, 2018 Solopod, then you'll remember I actually ranked the show
2: at number three of my favorites of that year and had plenty of praise for it. Yeah, and ever since then I was kind of curious about why you did think so highly of that. So I'm glad we were able to we were able to get to Gridman for the podcast here. Yeah, and as for you, this is your first time actually checking the show out. Yes, it was because uh, let me tell you, I heard so <laughs> I was here listening to so much like hype around the series at the time, uh, definitely around certain characters in it. Uh, from what certain fan artists have uh, shown me. (laughs) Uh, And I did kind of wonder ever since then, like, what was the hype like surrounding this? Like, what was it all about? Oh yeah, but uh, before we get right into it, as usual, I have a little bit of the background for you. We really need to give context
1: to this one in particular. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about Tokusatsu, or special filming in English, which is a Japanese term for live action film or television drama that makes heavy use of special effects. It uh, it has origins in early Japanese theaters, specifically Kabuki, with its action and fight scenes, and in Bunraku, which uh, utilizes some of the earliest form of uh, special effects, which are puppetry. But uh, what we're talking about here is modern tokusatsu, which uh, didn't take shape until the early 1950s with a little film, you may have heard of it, maybe not, maybe you have, called Godzilla, as uh, this film was inspired by the original 1933 King Kong film with its use of models, miniatures, and scaled-down sets but uh, rather than have the lead monster be done entirely in stop-motion and claymation, they instead used and pioneered a technique called suitmation. This technique, uh, developed by special effects wizard A.G. Subaraya, involves an actor in a monster costume, often moving through scale model scenery to give the impression of large size and filmed at a higher frame rate to make him appear slower. In addition, the suit actor performs their movements like very slowly and deliberately to emulate being like a large lumbering slow-moving creature so basically with the film Godzilla it would effectively kick off the kaiju genre and then with Godzilla the rest is history (laughs) yeah like uh, this style wouldn't be limited to film as it soon would make its presence known on TV soon after in the 1960s with Eiji Tsuburaya who would start his own special effects company called Tsuburaya Productions in 1963 which is still going on to this very day and in 1966, the company would produce one of the most famous tokusatsu characters in history, Ultraman, a franchise that, that has spawned many shows, spinoffs of shows and films that are still going on to this very day. Like Ultraman is such a cultural phenomenon, like even if you actually don't know Ultraman, you probably still
2: know Ultraman. I think the first uh, brush I ever had with Ultraman was actually in a reference to it, and it was in... Uh... The cartoon ben 10 <laughs> because one of uh ben's a- because one of the main character ben's aliens that he can transform into is a massive alien named way big and design wise he was based off of ultraman oh really yep he actually was so that was uh when i did some research into that that's when i think i think that's when i first became truly aware of ultraman i think maybe i'd seen some other references here and there before but like that's when I was, like, kind of truly aware of the character. I want to say my
1: earliest, like, of me being aware of Ultraman is uh, is an old uh, Simpsons couch gag where, like, they all turn into a bunch of anime characters like Maggie's Pikachu, uh, Lisa's, Lisa's Sailor Moon, and uh, Homer is Ultraman and kind of does one of the Ultraman uh, moves to turn on the TV. <laughs> Good old Simpsons making obscure references even there. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. So this would eventually lead to many more Tokusatsu superhero shows that came in after Ultraman proved to be very popular. And this is where we get franchises like Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, or as it's commonly known here as Power Rangers, which is pretty much most everyone's experience with Tokusatsu in general. Like everyone, I'm sure, had a Power Rangers phase at some point in their lives.
2: Yeah, and it could have, and it could have, uh, it could have. Those are those were the kinds of those were the kinds of wins that could have brought anyone to any other uh sort of uh series that was imported from japan uh tokusatsu series and sentai series and whatnot Uh, i myself was partial to power rangers growing up oh yeah me too like yeah but no um i never really floated but yeah again as i've may have implied never really before that never really then floated towards any tokusentai series oh but uh have you Have you ever floated to this one uh, series, the uh, Toei
1: Japanese Spider-Man Tokusatsu series? No, no, I never (laughs) watched that one. The one where Spider-Man uses guns, rides a motorcycle, and fights in a giant fighting robot?
2: I wish to God I had experienced that one all those Uh, years ago. I wish. This Spider-Man, by the way, is probably going to be in the next uh, Spider-Verse movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, people really want him in there. He probably will get in there. He should be in there. Yes, but um, of those tokusentai, of those tokusentai's though, uh, Ultraman is uh, not the topic of t- of today though because uh, what came out what came after Ultraman? Ah, in 1993,
1: Superia Productions would go on to create the next big tokusatsu series called Gridman the
2: Hyper Agent. Now, here's my question. Why I, why Gridman? Why even his? Why not just make another Ultraman series? That's my question. But come on, Gridman! It's so
1: futuristic and high tech. Like he fights in like a hyper world, man.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, was that the only appeal of Gridman when they were conceiving him? Like he took advantage of like new modern technologies at the time. I mean, yeah, it was the nineties, bruh. You gotta, you gotta get, <laughs> get on that internet. It's like I, it's, it's like I've just kind of had a hard time understanding, like. What makes Gridman so distinctive from Ultraman? It's all about getting those computers. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I do appreciate them trying to, you know, make something new at the time a a little bit. Uh, Even if he does, even if I, even if he does look very similar to Ultraman anyway. Yeah. And a
1: little summary here for the series. It's all about... uh... Three computer-savvy kids, Naoto, Yuka, and Ipe, create their own video game superhero, but then discover it's possessed by an interdimensional police officer, Gridman. Pursuing an evil program called Khan Digifer, he merges with Naoto and fights with Khan Digifer's digitized monsters created by a social misfit named Takashi. ...in order to prevent uh, the computerized demon from wreaking havoc in the town of Sakura Gaoka and the entire human world. This
2: is one thing where I actually uh, looked in ahead of time. I did actually watch a little bit of that uh, show, actually. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did actually manage to catch a little snippet of it. It's corny as hell, but you know what? It's
1: fun. <laughs> in a good way. Like, I watched some clips of it, too, and it's like... Man, if I were younger and I saw this on TV... I would have loved this. <laughs> this would be the
2: bomb. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, I even like it now. I mean, I mean, maybe it is partly because um, it's so new to me and it's kind of fresh, you know? Because again, I'm not a big watcher of like Sentai series like as they come from Japan or uh, even like Tokus Sentai series. But like watching like the actual like live action actor, Japanese actors, and even some of these like old cheesy effects, there there's a really good charm to it all
1: there really is especially in the use of practical effects in like a TV
2: show like this because again like uh, again as much as i love anime there's just some like you know acting there's just some like there's just some act there's just acting out there and, like facial expressions that you can only get in live action and it's like i just kind of appreciate that you know yeah there's only things you can do with live yeah and the and the costume design like all superb uh the the, the special effects <laughs> You can tell they were really proud of the special effects in that series at the time. Yeah, like, what with the smoke machines and,
1: like, the sparklers (laughs) flying, spooting off everywhere. (laughs) That's one of the things I love about, like, that in there, in Gridman, and in also stuff like Power Rangers and Super Sentai, from any of the clips I've seen or episodes of Power Rangers I watch... I love any time when characters get hit; they just fire off little spooters to show that they're taking damage.
2: It's amazing. Yeah. W- wait, wasn't that more done by like the localizers or something? When like when they came over here, or I'm sure it was in the original, unless I'm wrong. I think something like that, or maybe it might. Yeah, it might have been like the direction of like the uh, original companies or something. All the sparks or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing my history a little bit, but yeah. um, I-, I I appreciate all the acting in that original Gridman series. Uh, especially like all of the dynamic poses of like suit yeah. actors, it's <laughs> goofy but very fun. I, I actually like it. I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, but but yeah, that's the that is what we're working with here as far as Gridman goes. Yeah, as far as the Japanese version of the series
1: goes, but uh, this series would be mostly known in the West. When it was uh, licensed and broadcast here by Deke Entertainment, you know, the company known for producing practically every show millennials watch when they were kids and also canceling Sonic 7 AM and never producing another season because fuck you. Good old Deke. And also giving us the infamous dub of the first two seasons of Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. No one will forget that. No, but all the all the Brooklyn accents and characters having like five different voice actors because they couldn't get
2: him into the studios dur- during, during that time. That being said, I did get genuine enjoyment seeing Sailor Moon's actress from the Deke dub uh in being puppy Really? <laughs> yeah, she actually voices uh this like um I think this like uh wrestler lady named Toast, <laughs> who's like a rival, who's like a rival of like a former uh wrestler in the show as well. <laughs> And she 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 is a delight in that series. Uh, I, I like her a lot. Uh, I really enjoy that they uh, hired her because I don't know what she's been up to since then. But I'm sure she appreciated doing some voice acting for them. Oh, uh, it's nice. Uh, but yes, in 1994, Deke would use the license of
1: Gridman to produce Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, which is where the uh, SSSS is a reference to in the title of, our, of the show we're talking about today. Though uh, they legally can't say it's a reference to Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad because it's owned by DHX Media and, you know, rights
2: and stuff. It, uh, funny little stuff like that. It,
1: it's it's kind of like how when uh in w- when uh, EC3 was in WWE, they legally couldn't call him Ethan Carter Third, which is what it stood for. So his name was just his initials and don't ask what they stand for. <laughs> but uh, while I never watched an episode of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, damn, that is a mouthful. Yeah, neither did I. But uh, from what I've lo- what I've seen of it, it looks like Deke's attempt at a Power Rangers knockoff. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, here's a here's a quick summary for Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. High school student Sam Collins is the head of a band called Team Samurai. During a recording <laughs> session, Sam is zapped by a power surge and disappears, only to reappear seconds later with a strange device attached to his wrist, which at the time is unremovable. Later, after his friends Amp, Sydney, and Tanker leave. One of his video game programs, dubbed Servo, is subject to a power surge and zaps Sam again just after he has remarked, Cool battle armor! This time, the zap pulls him into the digital world and turns him into his creation. As Servo, he roams the digital world, fights monsters called megaviruses. <laughs> and uh, and meanwhile, another, another student from Sam's school named Malcolm Frank, what a nerd, is designing monsters from uh, on his home computer when... Kilo Khan, an escaped military artificial intelligence program that was presumed destroyed in in the power surge, visits Malcolm via his computer screen. Kilo Khan strikes a deal with Malcolm and turns his digital monster into a megavirus monster. And also, Kilokan is played by Tim Curry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this both this both kind of rocks, but is also kind of like just in, <laughs> this is like just typical '90s bullshit. It's like, just watch the intro to the show because just from that... The main character who has to be in a rock band. (laughs) Yeah. With, like, the friends who all have, like, their own unique little, like, cool names. Like, all
1: the characters look like they're straight out of Saved by the Bell. And, like, in the intro, there's an announcer that sounds like the announcer from the Super Friends. And apparently the show was so... It was produced so cheaply they never actually filmed anything outdoors, so everyone was inside at all times except when they swapped to Gridman footage.
2: Oh, I kind of gotta see this now.
1: <laughs> like I've only seen the intro and it looks ridiculous. Yeah, I think I'd rather just watch the
2: original
3: Gridman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a charm to that ridiculousness.
2: Yeah, there, there's, there's more charm to that one, but it's like, Ah, Deke,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Deke, move. But uh, despite all this, the series did prove to be popular enough to produce a toy line, and a toy line that will come into play later. But fast forward over 20 years later, in 2017, when it was announced that Tsuburaya Productions would join forces with Trigger to produce their adaptation of Gridman with their anime take on the tokusatsu genre. This wouldn't be a reboot, but instead an original story taking aspects of the original Gridman and Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Unfortunately, one aspect they wouldn't take is uh, putting our main characters in a rock band. Missed opportunity, man.
2: No, come on! You could have done that! Come on, they
1: just got, like, just playing guitars and keyboards and shit and doing, like, concerts and stuff.
2: (laughs) They just don't know... They just didn't know a good idea when they saw it. You know, just
1: make most episodes like that one episode of Saved by the Bell, where, like, Zach Morris imagines him and his friends as a rock
2: band and then he turns into Vanilla Ice for some reason. Uh, missed opportunity. But, um, no, I, I... But you... Yeah, like now that now that you're kind of um, laid out like that, though, I do kind of see the um, logic to it all of um, uh, like choosing Studio Trigger for this just because of their history with uh, giant fighting robots, you know, mm-hmm. like like when you like when you step back, like it all makes kind of quite a bit of sense. I mean, what other studio you're going to go for next? Yeah, they're not fucking doing great. Well, I mean, like, well, no, I I imagine there are plenty of other studios out there that could probably do an idea like this justice. But, um, no. Trigger does have that uh, pedigree and that uh, legacy, though, going for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So SSSS Gridman would premiere on October 7th, 2018 and run until December 23rd, 2018. This series was directed by Akira Amamiya, who only directed one other show prior to this. That show is none other than Ninja Slayer. It all comes back nah. to Ninja Slayer.
2: <laughs> what a step up, dude. Yeah. Also,
1: I'm, I swear we're not trying to reference Ninja, Ninja Slayer in every episode of Summer Trigger, but
2: it it always comes back to Ninja Slayer. Why not? We're not going to touch it, so like we might as well give it as much love as possible yeah. when we can. More love than anyone else gave it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, I gave it enough love, but even that's not enough to enough of what we're doing right now. I
2: know, right? It, it, it deserves better. It deserves better. <laughs> Hashtag Ninja Slayer deserves better. Uh, no, but uh, good for him, though. Um, Stepping up to the plate for Gridman. Yeah, <laughs>
1: It's just like, what, three years after he did that? It's just like a, a massive step up. <laughs> no, good for him, though. Good for him. Yes, and also Gridman was licensed here in the States by Funimation, complete with a simuldub and Boy, I just realized it's been a hot minute since we covered a Funimation show on here. Oh, really? Yeah, the last one we did was uh, Fruits Basket back in February. I legit didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> though, like, I guess it has been that long. Yeah, though, this isn't by design. It's just, uh, well, uh, kind of by design and kind of by circumstance.
2: Right, right. You know, stud- you don't know where the, where the season of Trigger will take you, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And the dub was directed by our boy, Clifford Shapin. Hey. And it won't be the only time uh, he directed a Trigger show. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. And adaptive scripts are done by Clayton Browning and Howard Wang. So, with all that out of the way, Summer of Trigger continues with SSSS Gridman. So, without further ado, let's start the show. let's talk about the opening and the ending the opening is union by oxt and the ending is youthful beautiful by maya uchida so what do you think about these two two tunes
2: um i think as far as the first one goes uh really good opener to get you pumped for just something that is uh just you know just pure elative fun (laughs) (laughs) kind of gets you pumped up gets you hopeful uh I don't know. Gets a, really gets across the wonder of uh, tokusentai; these uh, giant fighting robots fighting monsters and whatnot. Um, I think it's one. I think it's an opening that does a really good job. Uh, really does a good amount of justice to the uh, cool subject matter that is getting off. Uh, the ending, though, um, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, I think hmm, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe maybe it does get into one of the weaknesses of the series that again, that I'll, that I would have to get into later on a little bit or something. But like, I mean, it's fine a little bit. I mean, it's mostly just used for like illustrating, like uh, the relationship of like two of the characters in the series, really that uh, we still need to get to. But um, I know it's okay in that regard, I suppose it's, it's fine. A little too, a little too soft and sweet to end off on though, for a grid series though, I would think. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head
1: there. Like the opening is an absolute banger, and just the visuals and everything, and seeing all the characters and all the the robots and everything, just like going into battle, it's just so cool, and it kind of feels very reminiscent of like classic tokusatsu openings and endings. And then the ending is nothing like that. Ending feels like a a typical anime ending for like a you know you have like a high octane series, you kind of have to have like a very cool down ending. You know, after 20 minutes of action, you kind of have to like have a bit of a bit of a come down here. It's a little too typical, though, in my opinion. Yeah, but visually still pretty nice, like with the two characters. It's all it's, it's all done in still frames, but it's still still very nice looking. Yeah. So we kick off with a boy named Yuta Hibiki, played here by Brandon McInnes, waking up with amnesia. Boom. And when he wakes, he finds out he's being looked after by a girl. This is Rika Takarada and her thighs, played here by Jill Harris. <laughs>
2: You pointed out a good, you, you pointed out something important because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the design of the, like, I, yeah, that, that must've had to have been like an intentional design for the character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just has like the, the jacket covering up like everything like above her torso, which includes her skirt. So like you mostly just see like up above her jacket and down below her legs. Yeah, she's kind of got
1: like the the Hey Arnold look, where you have like a longer shirt that covers up most of like your your outfit.
2: Yeah, but no, it it is a design though that you don't see typically that does pop out pretty well.
1: Yeah, and I'll, yeah, and I really do like her design. You know, it's it's simple yet effective. You know, and very eye catching. Right, too. right.
2: That's just that. Yeah, that's like I will say that about Grimman already. Like the character design already has me like di- digging into it like that. Just like that yeah, and also how about uh,
1: yuta's character design based entirely off a uh, cliff jumper from transformers
2: <laughs> uh, i like that yeah. i mean no i like the i kind of like the hair coming out from the sides a little bit i like the I hair I, nice.
1: I also like his clothes he kind of like he kind of dresses like carlton from fresh prince of bel-air with like the sweater vest and everything in the tie <laughs> so Yuta's being taken care of in a junk shop owned by rika and her mama played here by anastasia munoz who's wearing an earring with a space patrol Luluco reference on it Nice touch. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, the eyeball. It's like a reference to one of the characters in that show. Uh, nice. Yuta then discovers a broken down computer and begins to communicate with someone or something named Gridman, played here by Rob McCullum, but only he can see him. It's uh, kind of like how in uh, you ever see those clips of uh, WCW where like Hulk Hogan's freaking out backstage and then he sees Ultimate Warrior in the mirror but no one else can see him, but yet we also see him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we know we just need like a uh, Tony Shavani and Bobby Heaton going like he's in the wall, he's in the mirror. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, kind of got
1: like a little reverse thing going on there. So Rika takes you to home and she gives them a little bit of his background as uh, their classmates in in the same school, and uh, they don't really talk too much, but they're at least friendly with each other up until this point.
2: Kind of a kind of a convenient storytelling uh, uh, element here a little bit. Uh, don't know much character has amnesia, so that means we get to have all the characters describe like <laughs> what he basically is. So we can get all up to date.
1: It's a very easy kayfabe way of like getting your exposition in, you
2: know? Right, right. And also just building up relationships as well. Just mm-hmm. something I noticed.
1: So the next day, Yuta meets, or rather reunites with his best bro, Show Utsumi, played here by Greg Ayers. Holy and- crap.
2: Feels like it's been forever since I've seen Greg Ayers.
1: It's been ages since I've heard him in a Funimation dub. Like, I, I know he's mostly doing stuff with Sentai, but still, it's been a long time, man.
2: It's like seeing, like, an old
1: college friend, you know? Also, it's just been a while since I've seen Greg in general, since he's usually been a regular guest at Anime Detour pretty much every year since it started.
2: Because he's, he's kind of been slowing down in, like, the anime roles a little bit lately, but you still see him around at, like, a lot of uh, anime conventions. Yeah, like, the last detour he was at was uh,
1: 2018, a.k.a. the detour where I got badly food poisoned. <laughs> Never gonna forget. <laughs> Never gonna Not forget. Greg's fault, of course. Not Greg's fault. He's very nice. He, he made it better. Him Me seeing him was just like, okay, I can ignore the stomach pains for a little bit
2: I, I shouted out to him once when he was visiting brit's pub in minneapolis oh yeah, like, yeah i remember that yeah i remember that he was just like off like with his friends in a table and i was just like hey going yeah enjoy the enjoy the food man enjoy the con that that was my greg Ayers experience with right there that's your greg <laughs> Ayres story bother, i didn't want to bother him too much besides i had like i had like uh toffee bread pudding coming anyway <laughs> that took priority i'm sorry You know,
1: meeting a cool voice actor is one thing, but come on, toffee bread pudding takes all priorities. Every time. But yeah, like the last detour he was at was 2018, and granted there was only one other detour after, but still, you know.
2: Yeah, sorry folks to go on like this like tangent on Greg Ayers, but like we just wanted to like clarify that like it's been a while since we've seen him. And
1: it's also just been a while since we've been been to cons in general, and I miss him so much.
2: Uh, Someday again soon, bud. Someday. We just got to hang in there.
1: Wear your fucking mask, people? Please. So, Yuta tries to get reacclimated to things at school and there he runs into a girl named Akane Shinjo played here by Lindsay Seidel. And uh should mention that out of all the kids in this class classroom, only Yuta, Rika Utsumi and Akane have like different hair colors and like clothes that make them stand out, you know. I kind of get a kick I out, of that, who out of that. Out of that characters are. Yeah, I really get a kick out of that in anime like it kind of does play into the grander scheme of things, but when you really think about it, their designs, but still it's just like, I, I, I kind of love when they make, give our main characters much more unique designs and make all the background extras just look plain and boring.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, of course it's like, well, it's, it's a, it's a matter of like economics within your show. You know, you you want to put the most effort into like whoever is going to be at the forefront. And, Cause you don't want to give too much, like you don't want to give too much uh, to work on for the, uh, Background painters who would have to like then draw in all of those people who are all unique in their own ways, but we will never know about that, you know. So, you know, you got to de-simplify. You got to de-simplify de- the others, but also like keep your main characters uh, unique uh, unique looking enough.
1: So, Akane tries to be nice to Yuta by giving him some food in the form of a special dog, which is like a hot dog with like some lettuce and an and an uh deviled egg on top. It it looks a little weird, but also kind of delicious. I would try it.
2: I'd eat the shit out of that. <laughs>
1: Though it ends up getting accidentally smushed by another girl in the class named Tonkawa.
2: Still good, still good, pick it up.
1: <laughs> Thirty second rule. <laughs> it's in plastic, fuck off. <laughs> Who cares? Don't judge me. Arr! It's a little smushed. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> Akane tries to no sell it, since Yuta is still happy for the food, but it seems like she's none too pleased about this situation. Later on, Yuta tries to show Utsumi Gridman, but just like Rika, he can't see him. But then suddenly, Yuta's Kaiju senses are tingling, and an actual Kaiju begins to attack the city. And I love the way this and the other Kaiju in the series are animated. Like they all have the look and feel of suitmation without having to build sets or pay minimum wage stunt actors.
2: Yeah, that's one. Th- that's one element that like uh, kind of picked up on is that they do have that. Uh, the way they the way they're animated, moving, and the way they're designed do uh, is meant to invoke something akin to. Uh, suit actor which i really appreciated you know we just have like the very slow lumbering
1: movements they're kind of doing like the george jefferson walk and stuff <laughs> while destroying the city yeah yeah i like that so yuta goes back to the junk shop and gets sucked into the junking computer named junk you kind of get sucked in uh, season two of digimon style where he goes flying in and then you get like the big flashes of screen on there it's great i was kind of being reminded of digimon a little bit when i watched this all we need is like the uh friggin ska pop rock music the whoa whoa,"
2: song i never had to knock on wood (laughs) 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 and all my best friends oh you're just you're just bringing us you're just bringing me back to our high school days man Our high school days in band (laughs) oh yeah impression never forget (laughs) then we get our first
1: battle with grid man and during the fight, the kaiju specifically focuses on the school where Tonkawa just so happens to be. Hmm. And with this fight, we get a l- another example of Studio Trigger flexing like crazy with their animation.
2: Yeah, in uh, in, in 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 some good ways, and um, as we'll see in, later in the series, in some ways where I wish they could have um, ways which I wish they could have uh, picked up a little bit. But uh, no, in this first battle, they uh, demonstrate well how uh, their animating Gridman for the series and just all of his uh movements and just how they're trying to uh, invoke the visuals of uh, the Gridman man fights from the original series uh it looks very nice the new trigger shows that they can flex with cgi animation as well as hand-drawn i know like that's 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 a good bit of praise for trigger in the series that i gotta give them props to it yeah. worked very well with the 3d animation here yeah and i'm sure they would have probably
1: they could have done it hand drawn, but I feel like they wanted to go CGI just to have like that more realistic
2: look too. they were kind of looking back at what could have been like when they looked at like other studios making the Berserk series (laughs) and they just stared into the abyss for a moment. And they were all like, we will never be that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say right now, if we ever, if we ever, if one day we ever want to take a real good pot shot, (laughs) yeah, that but that that recent berserk anime like it'll be a good target, good punching bag. It'll be like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> yeah, but shooting fish in a barrel can be fun. <laughs> I mean, I've proven it with like my shit talk
1: of Black Clover in nearly every every episode.
2: <laughs> uh but we right, another time though, and it's something to consider for the future. Another time, stay tuned. So, Utah Gridman
1: and company save the day through the power of teamwork. And the following day, Yuta, Utsumi, and Rika discover that the city is back to normal with no signs of the fight with the kaiju. And in fact, they're the only ones who even remember the fight. And we have our hook for the series, and I
2: really dig it. We gotta have some explanation as to how these kaiju don't exactly, like, keep everything intact by the end.
1: You know, it's like when you watch Power Rangers when you were younger, or still do, whichever. Like, you see the Megazord fights level entire cities, but in the next episode, everything is completely fine and you don't think about it. Gridman actually makes this a major part of the story and it's actually kind of clever.
2: Yeah, I, I do appreciate that, that. They at least thought ahead um, in that regard since many other series uh, have not. <laughs> yeah, plus I'm pretty sure most everyone has thought that and they thought like,
1: yeah, let's let's make this a big part of the series. Yeah. So you Two and friends do a little investigating and they also discover that Tonkawa and the other girls in the volleyball team have gone missing and no one seems to remember them. Meanwhile, Akane overhears the Gridman Alliance, which is what Utsumi is calling their group and it's a great name. <laughs> And looks to be interested in them. And it would seem that she knows a little bit more than she's letting on. But this is interrupted when she's actually bumped into by the homeroom teacher who, like a dick, doesn't even apologize and just blows her off completely. Don't know why, but when I look at this, I get the strange feeling that the Kill Bill siren should be playing right now.
2: (laughs) As we will soon see for good reason. As later on, Akane
1: returns home her home which is the stereotypical otaku habitat which is surrounded by a shit ton of figures and mountains of your own garbage.
2: Yup, just just a big uh shit pile of your own shit that you just uh just crawl into like a like a like a filthy raccoon uh, sleeping in its home at night.
1: You know, this is probably like the room that uh, Subaru from Re:Zero probably has, but unfortunately doesn't, but he should have.
2: Well, no, I would give some more credit to Subaru in that series that he would at least not he would at least be cleanly. Okay, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this level's, It's not to these levels of awfulness.
1: Actually, it would be Kazuma's room from Konosuba. This is what his room would look like. Ah, uh, there we go. So it turns out Akane was the one behind the kaiju attack as she created the monster with the help of Alexis, played here by Barry Endell, clearly channeling Tim Curry from Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad.
2: Dude, he's having fun voicing
1: this character in the series. It's like, I would call this performance like being deliciously evil like you're being so evil that you were just savoring every
2: moment of it and just enjoying all of it hey it's rare when you get that type of character to play as these days so like when you when you're given like a juicy a juicy role like this you dig right in oh yeah and, and he's just so good at it so back with the Gridman alliance they come face
1: to face with a mysterious man who takes an interest in junk his name is Calibur, played here by Ian Sinclair. He's like a samurai, and I have to say, Calibur's pretty great, just how very deadpan and straightforward he, he is, but that's where, like, a lot of the humorous moments come from him. <laughs> I quite like him in that regard. It's how he's just all hunched over with his, like, five swords he carries around and just kind of, like, has the same kind of deadpan, resting bitch face expression.
2: <laughs> Everyone just has, like, 20 questions whenever they see him.
1: And also, half the time, people just ignore him. Just look at him and go, just don't Just don't say anything, don't make eye contact, just keep moving. It's some good early episode humor. So he knows Gridman and optimizes junk so that now Utsumi and Rika can hear and see him too. And they can now see the other kaiju that are overlooking the city. These big, giant kaiju that only seem to stand still or are mostly kind of part of the background, but actually p- play a major part of the story.
2: They make for a nice visual. Something kind of imposing and mysterious. Yeah, just like you you only
1: really see them in the background, but it's just like, it's like a looming threat that's almost omniscient. Yeah. So with the help of Caliber, the gang continues their investigation and discovers that apparently Tonkawa and the other girls are claimed to have long been dead for a while now. And it looks like the way things work is that the kaiju killed them, and then the world rewrote itself so that they've always been dead. And it looks like this was Akane's doing most likely for the earlier incident when she tried to give you to the special dog only for it to get crushed by Tonkawa and the girls. And was, all that for a hot dog but it was a delicious looking hot dog it had a deviled egg looks like
2: all the other ones in the fucking school store but it was special she, Akane <laughs> gave it to Utah <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Sonic the Hedgehog not obsess over chili dogs as much as this I don't know he was pretty upset when he lost his chili dog to the Black Knight would he stab someone for a chili dog though not with a knife but with a fork oh you think that little of sonic
3: <laughs> <laughs> i never
2: knew i mean you were the sonic expert in my life but i never knew you had that love and opinion of the blue blur hey man i'm still the sonic expert i know he does <laughs> I, d- I don't know i just think sonic would think very less of you right now to be honest i don't know maybe that's boom sonic <laughs> you may want to may want to rethink your relationship with uh sonic here a little bit i uh I look at I look at you a lot differently now. Okay, I need I need to apologize to him a little bit, you know. Just go back
1: for a little loving. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like Akane has set her sights on a new target. And by the way, I just want to mention how I like after the setup of episode one, the series just goes full steam ahead with its big story. And obviously, it's the series is only twelve episodes, so you kind of have to. But still, it's kind of nice that they just don't pull any punches and just go straight into things. Yeah, they keep the pace pretty brisk in the series. So Alexis make my kaiju grow and akane is going after her homeroom teacher after what happened earlier when he didn't even say sorry for bumping into her i mean sure that was a dick move but isn't this a tad extreme you know maybe a little tiny bit kind of
2: <laughs> it makes me wonder just how does she prioritize that like compared to every other microaggression she <laughs> experiences in the day <laughs> was that really the worst thing she encountered
1: that day you know maybe earlier in the day she was like she got cut in front of in the lunch line and was thinking like oh going after this kid but then her teacher bumped into her and she was just like okay i'll let you go for now gotta deal with this dude now
2: could you imagine doing something like this just for like uh someone putting like bubble gum in your hair or something
1: i don't know if someone put bubble gum in my hair i would want to make a kaiju to go after him (laughs) Or like uh, you're driving on the highway And someone cuts you off That would definitely make me want to sick a kaiju after (laughs) him So time for Yuta and Gridman to spring into action And this fight brings us one of the gimmicks of the series And a gimmick seen in many classic tokusatsu shows Power-ups As Calibur jumps into junk like Yuta And turns into a giant sword Gridman Calibur Ah, it's sick Big ol' electrical sword, you gotta love it And uh, fun fact here, behind the scenes bit as uh, Clifford Chapin is a big fan of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad and actually owns a bunch of old merch, which he keeps on his desk at work. And also when recording the scene, when uh, Gridman uses Caliber, he actually had Rob McCollum in the booth do some method acting by holding and swinging his old toy sword from the original Gridman Samurai Cyber Squad set.
2: Oh, nice. Like Zorro's uh, old actor from One Piece. Swing around a sword to get in character. I like that.
1: Yeah, like he posted pictures of it online. It's great. It's 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 stuff like this that's ah uh, that's why you're our boy Cliff. You know we're proud of you. We're proud of you, man. Gridman wins the day, and just like before, the next day nobody remembers the fight. Though it looks like this incident had an effect on someone for the better, as the homeroom teacher actually apologizes when he bumps into Utah. And Akane is looking on, probably thinking, "Oh, now you apologize." Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, day was saved, but uh. Not anything for her, though, unfortunately. (laughs) Nah. I just like to imagine that homeroom teacher, just like, he
1: wakes up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going, huh, I feel... Next time I bump into someone, I gotta say I'm sorry.
2: Otherwise... otherwise (laughs) He wakes up like it's a grand grand epiphany to him. You
1: know, he just goes into the bathroom, splashes water on his face, looks at himself in the mirror, just long and hard, just going, okay, I need to be a better person. You... Are going to be better. The kids don't deserve this. Gotta be better. Do for the children.
2: Do for the children. Honey, what's wrong? Nothing. We're gonna weaning. come back to bed. Yes. Yes. In <laughs> a minute. For the children. She walks into the bathroom. Honey, are you, are you obsessing again over how you treated that child
1: the other day? I just. I just couldn't get it out of my head. I felt like I was just so rude to her. But, you know, I was just going through a lot of stuff that day. I kind of had a little problem with the bank earlier. And also a kid ran over my foot the other day. It's just. Uh, honey, but, honey,
2: honey. You are a good man. I know. And I trust you will make the good, best decision. You're right. You're
3: right. Next and day. The next day. He apologized.
1: Oh, he I'm sorry for bumping into you. Then just walks away. Nailed oh. it. Character development fulfilled. Boom. <laughs> Homeroom teacher, best character. And curtain.
3: <laughs> Wonderful.
1: <laughs> so now we're introduced to a little shit known as Auntie, played here by Stephen Fu, and I just love how he has a constant scowl on his face. It's kind of cute. <laughs> Meanwhile, at school, we get a brief scene where Yuta and Utsumi talk about their previous fights, and Utsumi theorizes that if Yuta can become Gridman and Caliber can turn into a giant sword, then what if the kaiju they've been fighting, are people too. <laughs> Tell the people, kaiju are people! Nah, I was just kidding. Uh, nah, I wouldn't do that.
2: it's it's amazing a bit of a shit like that. <laughs> I mean, just trying to flex his uh, kaiju knowledge on everybody. Uh, because in this universe, tokusatsu series, like, real-world tokusatsu series exist.
1: Yeah, he talks about the Ultra series a lot in this show.
2: Yeah, he does. He's a total fanboy. It's like, well, that's... That's the magic of having the parent company like being involved in the project. Oh, yeah. But here, like, yeah, Kaiju can't be people. Like, can you imagine if, a uh,
1: Trigger did something like that make the monsters we've been fighting the whole time a race of people? Come on. Don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, meanwhile, meanwhile, Anti goes full Kaiju. And I love the I- animation of, a uh, caliber bursting into the classroom, you know, Haruko from Fuli Kuli style and just rushing off with Yutu and Utsumi under his, both his arms. <laughs>
2: It's some of the hardest. It, it was like the one scene in the series where like they went really hard with the two D animation and the movements and the like um, uh, direction of it. Uh, a moment that doesn't really pop up much uh, elsewhere until like very near the end. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, it's still some good animations of the series. But like it was that I, I guess I should clarify. It was that one moment where it felt really like goofy wild trigger in a show where that doesn't really go in that direction. Yeah, that's like, this part right here is like
1: some serious trigger flexing right here. But uh, here, Calibur just pops in going, Kaiju, fight, now, go! And it turns out, all of this was a plan by Akane to draw Gritman. And I really like Anti's kaiju design here, it's it's really great, it's probably one of my favorites out of the kaiju in the series.
2: Right, right, because it, it, he, he does, it, it does have that sort of, um, uh, from like the coloration, and, like the red eyes, and, um... Just the, uh, even its powers that shows up, too. It feels like real, like, final boss material. He's got, like, the big Wolverine claws, too. It's great.
1: So Yuta fuses with Gridman, but even with Calibur's assistance, they are defeated by Anti. This loss was the result of Yuta's earlier conversation with Utsumi about Kaiju possibly being people. And when he heard Anti speak, he couldn't bring himself to kill another person. And I like the shots of Utsumi during this fight where... You know by the look on his face that he messed up by putting that idea in Yuta's head. And Rika's just looking at him going, what's wrong? And he's just not saying anything.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Utsumi, you put that in his head. We could have had a nice, good, human-killing Gridman who <laughs> you had to screw everything up. You know, he, Gridman needs to be like all modern superheroes where they just kill indiscriminately. <laughs> just, I want to see Gridman, like, snap what, a kaiju's what, neck what like, else call, like Some of the fights, though, where, like, some buildings are getting destroyed and shit. <laughs> You think people weren't getting taken down in those? (laughs) Like, like the like the Gridman Alliance is like running numbers in their head. Like, okay, how many acceptable losses do we take with this building here? Like, okay, how many people could have possibly been forgotten in the world now? Like, is like Bob from accounting not going to appear the next day? And people are like, what's 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 the accounting department? We don't have that here. (laughs) we're we're just a total we're just a massive like million dollar company but like it department like every what what is that (laughs) we don't have an entire it department with an entire team of 50 people
1: how do we survive this long (laughs)
2: Uh, nobody cares about the it that poor it department just completely wiped out the uh, it department for don quixote (laughs) (laughs) department stores or nobody cares about Frank from accounting. Uh, nobody
1: does. Uh, or maybe it's like, uh, remember like the uh, the Ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z where like they destroy some buildings and Vegeta's like, Too bad it's Sunday. Those buildings would have been full tomorrow. <laughs> Same logic. Or, I can see their parachutes. They're okay. <laughs> Three episodes in and Gridman suffers his first loss. The show doesn't hold back, man. And Akane basks in the glory of her victory. And that's it, Gridman. You two are dead. Series over. Uh, Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Mike. You can find me at my social medias at... uh, Okay, this isn't the
2: end. (laughs) No, no, it's getting getting ahead of ourselves there. Uh, But the city
1: resets, and Akane celebrates with Auntie as she treats him to breakfast, as he eats like a friggin' animal. And during this, she also plays footsie with him under the table. And between that and Rika's gams and other shots, it's making me feel that the folks at Trigger kind of have some kinks they want to share with us.
2: Yeah, they, they... Go kind of hard with the leg in the series. It's kind of odd, you
1: know. We don't kink shame here, but still, it's it's pretty much everywhere in the show. <laughs> yeah, like they 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 were really
2: feeling legs for the series.
1: You know, maybe they felt like uh, after Kill a Kill when it was focused too much on uh, on T N A, they were like, huh, we need to go lower, man. We need to go lower for our next show. <laughs> after the reset, it appears that Yuta has gone missing, and Rika's worried that he might have gone the way of Tonkawa and the others. And it's moments like this and others earlier in the series that really gets over the major aspect of Rika's character and how that she's very empathetic and how she's generally a good natured person who cares and looks out for others. You know, even if she doesn't know them, she still really wants to help other people. She gets
2: over as that uh, quite well. You know, she's definitely p- definitely comes out ahead as the more rational uh, minded one of uh, the Gridman alliance here.
1: She's definitely the moral compass of the show, like with the examples, of like scenes where like she's taking care of Yuto when he gets amnesia or how she cares about Tonkawa and the other girls. Or there's even like a brief scene before Auntie transforms and she just sees them like wolfing down food and she offers offers to give him her lunch since she sees how hungry she is. You know, it's, it's great stuff like that. I like it. Yeah. So later on at the junk shop, Rika and Utsumi meet Calibur's cohorts and Gridman's other support in the form of the neon genesis junior high students great
2: name by the way was the neon genesis really necessary in the name (laughs) i mean obviously i mean why wouldn't it why wouldn't it be actually the original show just didn't really care much about like what it meant what neon genesis meant in its name so i guess this team doesn't need to either and here we have max played here by chris george vit played here by chris burnett
1: and boar played here by afia Yu. and by the way boar He's best, boy. Really is best with that
2: snarky attitude.
1: Snarky attitude and always prone to kicking Utsumi in the shin a la Blue from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends.
2: Well, these four will prove to be some of the funniest characters in the series, as we will see later on. Oh, yeah. So, thanks to them, Rika and Utsumi are
1: able to contact Yuta. Yuta, where are you? Uh, I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. Do you see towels? If you do, then you're probably in the linen closet again. Let me check. No. It's a place I've never been before.
2: <laughs> 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 it gonna kind of have those, those Treehouse of Horror
1: vibes. Uh, but no, it turns out that Utah, Caliber, and Gridman were just hiding in the hopes of ambushing Anti, which they do. And this time, Gridman is able to hold his own against Anti with the help of Max, who enters Junk and transforms Gridman into Max Gridman. Another awesome power-up, and then we get a fight even better than some of the last ones.
2: Yes, a new form where uh, Gridman uh, never skips Arm Day and uh, just completely smokes the competition. Nah, he's got some beef. That he does. And Gridman outlasts Anti, and the next day, Akane
1: rejects Anti for his failure by just chucking a bag full of food in his face. Hey. Don't forget your dessert. Yeah, It's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> 30 second rule. Use your napkin too. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, but let's just focus to Rika for a bit as Akane looks to be intent on getting to know her in order to get more info on Yuta. And uh, this budding relationship is one that will become a major part of the series later on. So other things that are budding are Yuta and Utsumi's feelings for certain someones. As upon hearing that Rika and Akane are going on a group date with Rika's friends and the group and a group of internet idols called Arcadia, we see them see that they may be a little bit jelly, as Yuta's got a thing for Rika and Utsumi's got a thing for Akane.
2: But but really, YouTube influencers? <laughs> That's who they're settling on. These girls can do so much better. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, this date where they're
1: probably just talking about their YouTube channels and they can't not do the YouTube thing of, like, saying, hey, smash that like button, get the bell on, we'll pin ya.
2: I I almost assure you that at least, like, uh, two of those guys are, like, grooming minors online. (laughs) (laughs) Is one of them secretly Velveteen Dream? (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. where we're we're hitting hard today. Hashtag Fire Velveteen Dream. (laughs) Yes.
1: But uh yeah, the boys kinda like spy on the girls here and I like while they're spying on them, the neon Genesis junior high students are just uh, tagging along with them. I mean, like what else are they gonna do?
2: You know, we have literally nothing else to do until Grin Man fights something. Can you take it somewhere fun? We're hungry. <laughs> you know, Boro just wants to buy bread at a little bread shop. Take us to the gotcha store. Let's go
1: let's go to Club Sega. I wanna win a plushie. <laughs> <laughs> wanna do some pachinko?
2: Uh Oh, yeah, y- you got to take care of your um, your special like anthropomorphic anthropomorphic uh, uh, weapons for your giant robot. You got to treat them well.
1: And I like other times where they're not hanging out with them. They're just at the junk shop with Rika's mom.
2: Just chilling and she's just OK with it. And also, I like they even call her mama like Rika does, which is cute. And hey, where else are you going to find a combination junk store and cafe? <laughs> Only in this city. Interesting business decision there.
1: <laughs> it's a nice model. So Akane leaves the group date early as the Arcadia guys just get on her nerves. And you know what that means. She six Anti on them, who's trying to get back in her good graces, and he ends up killing three of them. So Rika figures out that the last Arcadia member is next and tries to protect him, only for a new kaiju to show up and finish him. Go, go, Gridman! And then Anti shows up to make this a big triple threat match between Gridman, Anti, and the new kaiju. God, looks so great. Uh and then the neon genesis junior high students try to help gridman at the same time but we then see their limits as they and junk can't process all this uh all this coolness you know it's it's too cool for them uh they hit the bandwidth limit hit the bandwidth limit and uh, they just freeze up the computer and i and they get the big blue screen of death
2: i mean I, that was kind of funny i kind of like and, and that. i like
1: how Rika fixes this by just turning junk off and on again by just unplugging it and plugging it back in
2: stupid as <laughs> shit <It's> like <laughs> old stuff you would use for like old like uh like crt crtv screens or something i, w- I hope that's the right term oh, i'm yeah. using of course not. Uh, i love that it's like just kick it okay like it'll work yeah
1: utami is just freaking out about this and she's just so nonchalant about it and she's just like what i just kicked it it's back on
2: just pour coke all over it like uh eric andre or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it is it the tab button? Just like bangs it with a hammer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember my
2: Google password.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just
1: have a little drinky bird Just try to turn it on. <laughs> uh, with everything back up and running again, Max goes in to help Gridman, and the day is one and Akane is back to the drawing board. And also at this point, Max starts to notice a bit of a Yuta and Rika's thing and pretty much is just kind of shipping in the, them at this point.
2: Don't worry, Yuta. I totally have your back on this one. Uh, yeah, talking... Robot fist. Thank you. Yes,
1: I'll be your wingman, Hibiki.
2: Although I will admit, after this one episode, uh, the uh, Yuda's crush on uh, Rikia doesn't really um, doesn't really come up too much later on. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as we'll see later on, this doesn't really figure as much in the long run as I'd expected it to. Um, Maybe a little bit in subtle ways later on, but eh, yeah, that was just something I kind of noticed. Like they didn't. This this wasn't really an idea they we're too interested in pursuing later on. Yeah, so
1: like I think I think it is a bit more subtle like once we get to like some bigger revelations. Right, right. Hey, okay, guess what time it is? Beach episode time or I mean uh, river rafting episode time. Uh, same difference. <laughs> Everyone gets swimsuits.
2: We're not a cliche. We're not a cliche. We're not just doing a beach episode, we're doing a river rafting
1: episode. You know, river rafting is much more intense than just doing typical beach stuff of playing with beach balls and splitting watermelons and splashing each other. (laughs) Uh, So this is the beach episode. (laughs) (laughs) And during this, uh, Akane attempts to know Yuta. Say, Hibiki, you wouldn't have to be Gridman, would you? What? Nice weather we're having.
2: But uh, uh, so everyone, everyone gets in their um, uh, summer swimming vest and uh, goes rafting for the day. And then Akane calls upon a
1: huge ass mountain kaiju. Like, holy crap, the design of this thing here.
2: I know. Go big or go home. Mm. And what better than a giant
1: like mountain turtle thing? And unfortunately for the Gridman Alliance, they have no way to get to junk. But thankfully, they're, they're able to contact the Neon Genesis Junior High students to bring junk to them. Of course, they have to buy it from Mama. Thank you. And no refunds.
2: Dear God, was this like episode like hungry for like uh, Shinjo in this episode? Yeah, like there's a lot of that.
1: Like we mentioned it before, some of the way the fixations that some of the uh, crew have on her and then like this episode especially, though.
2: Well, I will get into that more later on as uh, my critiques of the series come up. But uh, yeah, that like Shinjo was. But like, aside from the fact that she was just the villain, just um. Appearance wise, you you saw a lot of fan artists around this time taking a fascination with her.
3: <laughs>
2: and uh, that's one of the things that kind of kept me away from the series for a little while, because I was just like, okay, if I join the discourse on the show, am I going to have to deal with this element at some point? <laughs> Those obsessive types. Those folks. Them, you people. I mean, I think it gets at its most ridiculous when, like, she pulls like her iPhone. Out yeah, of her, like out her bikini, top. like out of nowhere, <laughs> out of no bulge anywhere. Jeez, what else you got in there? Got some keys, pair of scissors. I mean, a chisel for carving kaiju. I mean, a box cutter.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, it is the safest place. Like, no one's going to be going grabbing there. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but Utah gets to the junior high students and forms Gridman with Boar this time joining them to turn tournament into Buster Gridman, a giant mech with drills. Gurren Lagon reference, take
2: a shot. Uh, <laughs> tra- trigger couldn't can hold themselves back. Drills, guys! We got our drill fix for the series! <laughs> we filled the drill quota! Yeah! Reset the clock! Everyone gets bonuses
1: at the office. Reset the clock. How many days since last Lagon reference goes down to
2: zero? I'll, uh, you're just Popping champagne in the office. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we made another reference, guys. <laughs> or not a reference. We just had drills again.
1: <laughs> we can't escape drills. Though these drills fire beams instead. Hey, the idea is still there. There's still drills.
2: Still counts. Pop, pop and bottle. <laughs> Bit of the bubbly for everyone.
1: In the, of the bubbly in hundred yeah. drills though i wonder if like uh trigger was like okay then gridman combines with four and gets a drill high fives
2: all around the storyboarding team
1: wait guys i got a better idea we give him two
2: drills all right
1: yeah high fives all around and then there's just like one lowly storyboard artist going like, guys, guys, don't you think we've been going a little too hard with the Gurn references a little too much?
2: You know. Meanwhile, all the rest of the team is just like, in- like instantly hard and like wet <laughs> during the meeting. <laughs> and just like, no, no, I don't think we're going too hard at all. Too soft. I mean, we're not. We're not going to drill with this drill here. Uh...
1: <laughs> but then one person is like, I got it. Twin drills that fire laser beams ah uh, we got another banger sploosh everything all over the place open the doors everything's just all over the studio and the surrounding area (laughs) spooge mcduck and then anti runs interference because of course he has to and i like the little back and forth between gridman and anti where he's like you again and he's like that's right me again uh, Gridman overwhelms the kaiju with sheer firepower, causing Ante to be underneath the rubble. Afterwards, Yuta and his class return home, with Max realizing kaiju always seemed to appear in proximity of Yuta's class. Uh, huh. Some kind of connection here. But then after they leave, the mountains the class visited are utterly destroyed by an unseen force.
2: Ah, but I did like that, though. I I, I did like that there was at least a bit more of a purpose to them, like going out somewhere as a class and then being attacked by a monster ah so the perpetrator is in our class then ah i like that and also there's something mysterious about like these mountains as
1: when they whenever they travel to them they always seem to fall asleep in the middle of the trip and then wake up right at the mountains so it seems like huh something uh, about
2: set something
1: about this place seems a little off in its connection to the city foreshadowing So the following day, Yuta encounters a young girl who claims to be a kaiju and takes him on a little train ride to show him a truth. And we get a lot of of reveal here as uh, we start to get to know
2: things about this series here. Just me going, what? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? So, what is really going on here, Mikey? She reveals that
1: everything beyond the city is an obliterated wasteland And then she reveals that the city was made entirely by Akane, who uses kaiju to perpetually destroy and rebuild it without anyone knowing. And then she warns him that Akane is being manipulated by an unknown force. This is all Akane's world, and we're all living
2: in it. And this girl who's speaking to him is apparently a kaiju in human form? Yeah, and
1: she proves it by
2: growing bigger size in the
1: alley.
3: (laughs) This is (laughs) where.
2: This like so I find so I actually looked up online and apparently this girl is apparently some sort of like reference or like descendant of some kind. Cause like they mentioned her name somewhere in there, like Aloysius or Elosius or something like that. And it was meant to be in reference to a monster that Gridman fought in the original series. Yep. And I was so confused when I saw this. It's like, okay, you're finally explaining like uh, the sort of like weird meta world thing that's going on here with your setting and why it's being controlled in this way by Shinjo. But it raises more questions that the series doesn't, is not interested in answering. And <laughs> also there's like another, there's another level of like uh, meta context when
1: it comes to Akane, as well as like Yuta and like their overall relationship to the Gridman series that I will get to near the very end.
2: Yeah. But as it stood right here, I was very confused. Yeah. Very But yeah, basically, Akane, with Alexis as kind of like her
1: benefactor, so to say, given her her power, created this entire city in basically her own little world. Basically, God here, as they say. And then Yuta asks the question, why is God attending in an ordinary high school? And then I go, that's the plot of Haruhi Suzumiya in a nutshell.
2: Yay, (laughs) Haruhi! They they recreated Haruhi again, basically. (laughs)
1: Pretty much, you know, if Haruhi made giant monsters, which... I mean, yeah, she kind of did though, but still. Bring back the Harihara Yukai and animate the, the grid man cast doing the dance.
2: Gotta give some love to Haruhi. God knows fucking nobody gives love to that show anymore today.
1: ever since the Endless 8, everyone just kind of disowned the series and I'm just like, please bring it back
2: and not have a spin off. <laughs> I want more. Maybe someday. Maybe someday someone will find the worth in it. Maybe someday. But, uh, oh, while this is going
1: on, I kind of want to mention some stuff that I kind of like. Is, uh Rika taking care of Auntie, which is kind of sweet as, you know, we see that Akane is openly hostile towards him and also abusive, but then Rika cares for this little guy, which is kind of nice.
2: Yeah, it's nice to see that uh, caring attitude uh, given to the enemy here, especially since his, like, Ur sister doesn't give a lot of uh doesn't give much of a care for him at all no he just smacks him around and throws food in his face that being said i do like that he is designed somewhat to look like uh shinjo though yeah yeah a little bit kind of makes like a brother sister uh kind of vibe to the relationship
1: mm-hmm. and also i like that we get a little bit of uh utsumi and akane bonding over their shared love of kaiju and tokusatsu uh, knowing what we know later on the series i feel like some of these scenes could add a little bit you know the connections between like how rika cares about certain other characters that akane does it and also how akane has these certain interests that only one other person seems to have in the show right right so it's at this point we were at the halfway point of the show so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back right after this
4: I am a hyper-agent,
0: Gridman. You have to remember your calling. Gridman's calling me. It looks like you weren't kidding about having memory
5: loss. You know, it's almost like you're a new student, since you can't remember anything. What do you mean? Uh, do we have a history? Today is the most we've ever spoken to each other since we were put into the same classroom.
0: It would appear we had some unexpected companies show up.
2: The danger is almost upon you. I knew
5: it. Another kaiju. Gridman, huh? Yuta, I'm counting on you. Gridman, please, I need you to fight with me. If another kaiju appears, I want him to fight. Because only they can do it. Only Hibiki and Gridman can protect my Friends, We should do lunch again sometime. I'm here, Gridman. You called
4: out to me, right? Yuta, you must complete your mission. Something only I can do. All right, let's get started then.
1: And we're back with the second half of the series. As we start off with uh, Yuta telling Rika and Utsumi what he's learned and they're a bit skeptical. He's all like, okay guys, get this. Akane Shinjo is a god who creates kaiju and he even created this city. I heard it from a little girl who's also a
2: kaiju. I mean they are also talking to like, like talking, like talking human weapons too. So I don't know, I think he deserved a little more credit on this one. But now nah, they're probably just thinking all like,
1: huh, who knew amnesia made you spout crazy stories. But later on, Akane breaks into Yuta's home and tries to get him to join her side. She's all like, join the kaiju side, Hibiki, and you can have all of this. <laughs> and he's probably thinking like, he's going like, I need an adult. I'm a god. That's like a super adult.
2: <laughs> uh, it's times like these that like the creators are just like, I'm so glad we wrote Yuta's parents out of this series. <laughs> Yeah, they
1: they've taken like the uh like Deku's dad and uh Joe Taro's dad that are away on business.
2: They're just they're just away, like leaving leaving their kid at home, just do whatever they want. <laughs> don't think about it.
1: You know, away on business. That's probably like code for going going out and smoking weed.
2: I don't know. Given that we've learned thus far, though, they probably don't even exist.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So things get a little bit more tense when Akane invites Yuta to dinner, where she bl- very bluntly tells him her ways. You know why she erased Tonkawa and the other girls, and then she casually introduces him to Alexis, who sits down and eats with them like it's no big deal, which is actually kind of great. I love this visual. Does he actually order food as well? Yeah, he orders food too. <laughs> uh,
2: I like, I like that. I like, I like this. It's, it's a little out of nowhere, and like, but like, I love the awkwardness of it.
1: And the cook at the restaurant pays him no mind, just like, all right, order up, coming up. It's just, just seeing this big alien man walking into this little
2: restaurant and very prim and proper too he's like he's actually like somewhat respectful to his enemy
1: i kind of like you it. know you know very studious you know he offers you to a meal before he brings him to his demise just then a kaiju suddenly appears confusing akane as she did not make this one yusa goes to the shop and transforms to fight the kaiju while akane returns home to find out alexis allowed auntie to create his own to draw a Gridman. And this kaiju appears much stronger than any of the ones Akane made, and Alexis explains that it's Anti's hatred which is what made this kaiju much stronger.
2: Sorry, Shinjo, you just didn't cut it this time. Maybe you should have a harder hate boner than Anti this time.
1: I'm sorry, Akane Shinjo, but I just didn't feel your hatred towards Gridman. Like, he's defeated you, what, five times up to this point, but... You're not hating him as much as I thought you would, so I decided to turn to Anty, as he's filled with so much rage and hatred and vile and vitriol towards Gridman. I just couldn't help
2: myself. He had such a great idea. I just had to. Such a creative little mind. I like this work relationship we have. You
1: know, I like I like the cut of his jib, as one would, would to say. But then, like, uh, Gridman is able to spring into action with another new form. Sky Gridman
2: with the help of it. Oh yeah, because this new enemy is just rocketing around the sky, rocketing around the sky, so he's gotta catch up with them.
1: And this makes three straight trigger anime which that feature at least one sky fight. I mean yeah, they can pull them off pretty well. Yeah, I feel I feel like other than animating Durin Lagon references and drills, they really love their aerial battles. And it's during this fight that they discover an alien landscape hovering above the city, a landscape that looks fairly familiar to those familiar with the original gridman.
2: Yes, the space above them is the digital cityscape from the original Gridman series. Oh, yeah. And after the fight, the Gridman Alliance and the Neon Genesis Junior
1: High students come to the conclusion that what Yuta's discovered about Akane is most likely true, and that shit is about to hit the fan.
2: Oh, thanks, guys. Now you believe me. They just saw the magic-like digital city in the sky.
1: Well, I'm sorry, Hibiki, but, uh... We needed a little bit more proof, you know, saying that a little kaiju girl told you that Akane Shinjo was a god wasn't enough, but seeing that city, that really put things over the edge.
2: We had to get in our reference to the original
3: series. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also, shit definitely hits the fan for Ante, as after another defeat and trying to go into business for himself, Alexis slices his face, and for the rest of the series he kind of looks a bit like uh, Raiden from Metal Gear Rising
2: little offer he gives to Shinjo like oh yeah don't worry I'll discipline the kid I'm good with kids and then just slashes his eye right out I'm good with kids
1: and the poor kid was already having a bad day like he lost the grid man again and like afterwards he was just like digging in the garbage for food and then this big alien this posh alien man just comes in and slices your face open this little boy he
2: just can't catch a break
1: little boy it's like he's probably thinking like where's that other girl from earlier who took me in and cleaned me up I want to. I
2: want to see her again. She was nice. I keep getting my ass handed to me by Gridman. I can't beat him. I have a lot of like reused animation in the series. <laughs> <laughs> where's the love for me? Okay, where's the love? What about me? What about Auntie? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I will comment a little more. Uh, reused animation in the series compared to. Uh, previous trigger, trigger works, but I don't know. G- given that, like some, given that, like uh, Tokusentai series uh, can be really well known for re- <laughs> for reused animations and uh, sequences. I think it's a little more forgivable here. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, you already filmed them. What are they going to do? Not use them more than once? I know, right? It's it's only basic uh, set economics. You know, you know, it's very
1: cost effective. You know, like these suitmation stuff ain't cheap.
2: So they're dedicating money to plenty of the plenty of other fight scenes in the series so it's like who gives a fuck yeah that's that's usually the case with most anime when you like you spread out your budget
1: you kind of like cut corners here but only to like put more of the
2: budget towards more important stuff so long as you know like how to wow on the most important parts like people will forgive you so Akane confronts the Gridman alliance now that the cat's out of the bag and she reveals her
1: next plan which is unleashing a mecha Godzilla version of the first kaiju during the upcoming school
2: festival and the design of the
1: souped-up kaiju looks pretty badass, if I'm, if I'm to say.
2: Yes, she carves it right up, and she just presents it to the <laughs> Gridman Alliance. Uh, a challenge, if you will. Very uh, much taunting them, just saying, like,
1: yeah, here's my new kaiju design. You like it? I'm gonna unleash it on the school, because why not? You know me, you know how I roll.
2: Presents it right in the school, and um, was I the only one expecting, uh, like, Utsume or someone to just, like yeet the fucking thing out the window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would have been great if, like, he just grabs it and just throws it. <laughs> they,
2: just re- they, they instantly realize where it's going, and then just U- Utsume just, like, <laughs> just, like, picks it up, just breaks through the window, just chunks it right <laughs> out. Aha! Thwarted, to, thwarted this station, Joe! <laughs> you win
1: this round, Gridman Alliance. You win this round. <laughs>
2: To think, all they needed to do to stop Shinjo was just, like, thwart her wood provider. <laughs> her wood supplier. Uh, now I'm... Now you just
1: say wood supplier and, like, how she carves this stuff, I'm kind of now thinking of, like, I want to see an image of Akane creating these kaiju out of wood, like how uh, Saejima cre- does his uh, heat moves in uh, Yakuza 4, where he, like, pulls out a big log and just starts carving it right in the middle of the city. <laughs>
2: I wanna see the scene where like she go where like she goes into like menards or something and like asks for like where's where's the huge ass blocks of wood for for me to purchase here? Ah, uh,
1: back again, Akane, I say. Wow, you really you really love getting your wood, you know. <laughs> Sorry for the innuendo. Uh... in the lead up to the upcoming fight, we get some dissension in the ranks as Utsumi and Rika argue about what they should do about Akane. Utsumi's business as usual, but Rika is conflicted as she still cares about Akane despite her being a baddie. You know, it's that sympathy, it's that empathy that she has, you know. She just, she can't help herself from caring, which is good. Meanwhile, Auntie has a brief run-in with the Neon Genesis Junior High students, and it's a it's a, it's a quick little scene, but it's nice where he just, like, goes to the junk shop looking for Gridman, but he's not there, so he just collapses from hunger, and then Rika's mama makes, her, makes him some food, because it's
2: the nice thing to do. Finally, t- I know, it's, like, nice to see just any kind of empathy shown to this poor kid by this point. And I also like how he tries to leave, but he doesn't thank her for the
1: food. And then Boar just like holds a knife up to him and say like, Hey, you got something to say to mama? And then he just like pieces out. (laughs) So we got a brief scene where Rika confronts Akane on a bus. And I'll quickly splice it because it's a it's a nice little scene, but still very well done as you can feel the tension in the air. And the direction is also really solid, too, with the quick cuts from the reflections of like the looming kaiju in Rika's eyes. It's pretty great.
5: Hibiki told me everything. How you were the one who killed Tonkawa and the others. It wasn't me. It was my kaiju that killed all of those girls. So you're fine with what you've been causing? Kaiju are what make this city go round. Sometimes it has to be fixed. Besides, did you even get along with Tonkawa and the other girls? I wouldn't say that I didn't get along with them. So it's the same with or without them? It's not the same. Then why don't you just kill me? That'd settle everything, wouldn't it? No, that wouldn't settle anything. <laughs> I always knew you were a good girl. So different from the rest of them. You're the person who should be close to me. I'm the wood. Wouldn't you like to get along with a god? You might as well accept it. No matter what I do, you'll never be able to hate me. I made sure you were set up to be that way. Everyone who lives here has no choice but to love everything about me. That's why you and I are friends, Rika. Are you saying I was born already as your friend? That's right. You were made to be my friend when you were made by my kaiju.
1: So afterwards, Rika tells Yuta that she wants to apologize to Utsumi, intending to do so before he can apologize to her, and then this gives Yuta an idea. Tap in the temple here. So the Gridman Alliance and the Neon Genesis Junior High students play smart here by having Gridman show up first in order to force an evacuation of the school, allowing them to fight without anyone getting hurt. It's kind of like the uh, the Superman type thing, you know, where like uh, he brings a fight to like a desolate location in
2: order to reduce any of the casualties. And, but the, the strategy here is just to like uh, Parade Gridman through and go Ooga booga
1: <laughs> <laughs> Boogity boogity boogie Run away
2: Gridman's on the scene Remember this anyway and stuff so let me just like Yell out a whole bunch of bullshit That doesn't matter
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Eat your vegetables Kids
3: <laughs>
2: Stay in school I will come to your houses At night and stir through your window I'm the <laughs> I'm the real BFG
1: I'm the hyper agent man. I look over you all to all the time.
2: Me blow dreams into your houses at night. <laughs> Snozcumbers um... and
3: such. <laughs>
1: Roll Dahl wrote me <laughs> in his own vision. <laughs> I'm the
5: real BFG. <laughs> 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 this is the uh... stupidest
2: shit I've ever done. <laughs> why does this feel like the stupidest shit? I'm just thought uh, I'm just like play acting grid man just fucking it's like the PFG. <laughs> oh, but it's great. It's a I big know, giant why. robot man. For a moment I was just like this is the stupidest shit you've ever done on the show, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh okay. Okay. Uh, uh. You can do whatever you want with that. You can cut it from this, or you can save it for the blooper reel. I'll put that in your hands. Uh, I'm fucking putting this one in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay.
1: But I want to mention I like how uh, the way Gridman gingerly walks through the entire school. You know, he's trying to torment people, but not destroy anything or hurt anyone. Yeah, it's a good strategy. So they get another idea here where Gridman shrinks down to a smaller size. Which then allows the Neon Genesis Junior High students to all combine with him this time around, since there's a, uh, there, since they have now have enough uh, processing power to get all of them in through junk.
2: Ah, and data we,
1: compression. There we go. You know they got to put them in a zip file, and then they form full-powered Gridman, and oh yeah, everyone is getting in, in on the action now, and this is so cool. And just this scene is just another moment. That I another moment that also occurs during the summer trigger where I wish we were kind of a video podcast because I would love to have shown this fight off here because it's just v- visually very. Oh, it looks good fantastic!
2: One of the one of the one of because now that they're getting to the end game, this is one like they're now that they're creeping closer to the end game, this is where like they're they really get to flex here.
1: Oh yeah, just pumping iron, showing off the muscles like they're Gary Strider or something, and then they defeat the kaiju, allowing the festival to continue after the day resets and Rika and Utsumi kiss and make up, and Akane's depressed over her own inability to defeat Gridman. And should also mention that during this, uh, during, like, the end of the school festival, we see, like, our main characters in, like, different festival costumes, and we also see Yuta in, like, a girl's school uniform that pretty much inspired a lot of fan art around this time.
2: (laughs) Well, I gotta admit by the ending, I was more tilting my head, like, wait, where did this come up? Wait, they were gonna do something in the festival, like, was then the montage? I was like, I gotta go back. Like, w- where did that come up? Where the fuck did this come up? Like, I was just confused. Maybe in, like, the in-between times when, like, they were planning their
1: attack against Akane, they were all like, okay, so, so we set up this time to think of an attack plan, but we also need to set up some time to uh, think of our uh, school festival plans.
2: Yeah, I was and just I like, really? Ass- you <laughs> couldn't have, like, worked that better into the episode other than just, like, <laughs> Drop it slightly in the montage. Eh, Okay, you know, but
1: you got to have your school festival fun. But now we're reaching the end game, and suddenly we flash back to the very first episode. Except things are a little different.
2: I legit did have to do a bit of a. uh, (laughs) I did have to do a little bit of like a double take here because I was like, "What the fuck? Like, did I accidentally click on like the like the first episode or something?" Yeah, as
1: uh, Yucha is being forced to relive the moments after he woke up with amnesia, though uh, Akane has taken the place of Rika and is being a lot more chummy with them, even claiming that they're boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and then she's also messing with Rika and Utsumi, too, by playing out a scenario where she and Rika meet for the first time and become friends, or another one where, like, she and Utsumi bond over Kaiju and become best friends there. But uh, what do you think of this mindfuckery here? Um,
2: uh,
1: well,
3: uh,
2: man, I feel like maybe, hmm, uh... It's kind of hard to get into because I feel like it's like you got to kind of reveal like the big like reveal of the episode a little bit in order to for me to get into it a little bit more, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's like it's definitely set up. For, like, like but, the it's, big but it's so
2: obvious something is like off and you're like immediately as you're seeing it, you're like, uh-huh, you trapped them in an alternate world. Clever. And while I
1: was watching this, like uh, I've already seen the series the first time when it came out, but watching it again, like, you know, in this year, 2020, I, I realize a little something here. Akane is basically doing the Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania earlier this year with this gimmick here. Uh, <laughs> you know, trapping our heroes in a dream world where they're forced to go through different scenarios while being shown what could be if they just stop fighting.
2: Uh, clever there, Gridman. Uh, but viewers, did you, did you bet your money on Dreamworld? If you did, collect 20 points because that's exactly what's going on. But unlike John Cena, the Gridman Alliance are able to break free of the dream. Well, yeah, the, uh, the the setup is just that uh, a, a sort of uh, monster was created by Shinjo in the real world that is um that is uh, just trapping them in this uh, little world and keeping them completely occupied, but it's like phasing through solid objects. So it's uh, looking kind of like they may never uh, come out of this dream world. But they're able
1: to, like, break through it, finally just rejecting the world that Akane is trying to present to them as, like, a better new world where they just don't fight and they just become friends with her.
2: And where she just kind of seduces them a little bit. Yeah, she really kind of does. Utsume, you want to come to my house or something? We can watch tokusatsu and make sexy time like, watch tokusatsu. Ultraman and chill? (laughs) Uh, You and I want to do boyfriend-girlfriend stuff? You know, we can have, like, this date in a graveyard, you know? uh rika can we be like teased for a lesbian relationship but never get cashed in on that (laughs) okay okay uh, you've uh, i'm getting to a point here i'm getting to a point here but um can i say that this is like one of the things i don't agree with with shinjo in the series a little bit and that the the creators do they they kind of like push her towards being a bit of a seducer in the story yeah doesn't it feel like she that? kind it
1: does. Yeah, like with this scene, with the scenes in the dreams, and also like that earlier scene where she broke into Yuta's, hu- Yuta's house,
2: or like she's getting like all like chummy and like phys- and like hu- and like physically hunging Rika as yeah. well, or like with
1: Auntie when she first created them and was kind of like you know getting really really close with them and playing footsie under the table.
2: Yeah, can I just say that this is one of the elements in the series that I that is like a weird push. It's like they could have toned it back and just like kept it about friendship or something, but like. They push, they keep pushing her into like that sexual kind of territory a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, it's like just looking back at the original Grin Man series, and I'm like, there was none of this in that scene. I can one look at that show and I can tell like there was none of that in there. They all keep it close to reality. Like these are just like kids and stuff. But like, then you get to this anime series, and it's like they're pushing like a sexual angle with like Shinjo, and I'm like, D- did did Gridman of all things really need this? When did Gridman get horny? <laughs> I know, it's like why this angle with Shinjo? Like I don't get it, because like y- you design her with like, you know, with like with like uh being like heavily endowed and stuff, like like the camera is like licking her body, like in the um uh, it's like just gazing all over her body in the uh uh river rafting episode and stuff, and like they're pushing pushing this um like seductress angle uh, in like this episode right here and stuff, and I'm like, this. I don't need to watch. I don't need to watch the original series to know that this is like irregular for Gridman. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think they should have pursued that angle with her. I think the angle was strong enough if they just kept it towards like friendship, uh, especially when it comes when it comes to Rika as well, and like they are clearly trying to imply. Something sort of like sexual with them in some parts too, or something. And then they pull it back. But then they pull it back, and I'm all like, "No, if you're gonna go with that angle, like pursue it fully, okay? Yeah. If you're gonna deal with that with the boys, mm. like don't tease us in like that regard or something. Like try to pull it back. Like, like I'm 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 tired with that in anime.
1: Though so she tries to pursue like a romantic relationship with Rika, like th- this is like some later end game spoiler stuff, but it's like that raises a lot of questions, though." yeah it does it it kind of like you need to look into a certain someone's
2: psyche there for that yeah it's like one of those ideas in the series that it's like like they, they try to pursue it here but then even later in the series it's like they drop interest with it as well and it's like like th- that should have been workshopped for this show that really should have been workshopped granted they were working on some other stuff at the time maybe like the trigger staff was
1: just kind of like Okay, just just let's just go with this for now and stuff like that. Maybe they didn't have enough time to really workshop it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and even like with uh some of that uh sort of like romance development between uh, Yuta and Rika, uh, that's another thing also that doesn't feel um uh, very fleshed out by this point either. Like they kind of lost interest with that as well. And again, that's probably
1: another thing where like after the reveal, it's like you really need to you really need to like think about it. That's more of like a thing where it's left up to the audience. But it's like.
2: This is like Gridman, though. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it's, why, 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 why of all things with Gridman would you be like, oh, it, we're working on Gridman. we really got to make this into a thinker, right here? <laughs> <No> <laughs> you fucking don't. It's Gridman. <laughs> I mean, you're a fucking Toka Tokusentai show. You know, don't fault them for trying. Uh, <laughs> it's like, come on, effort, guys. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the scene
1: where they break out of the dream and kind of push it back against Akane, I I think that's nice. That is nice. And I will splice it in here.
4: Something's lacking. What is? It's hard to explain, but.
5: Who cares about any of that? If you're having fun, then what does it matter?
4: That's not what I mean. I feel like there's something I've got to do.
5: And it's something even more important than me?
4: No! It's important, even to you. Something only I can do. Something that I must do.
0: so much of
5: my whole life! Hold on, that's all you're getting? Yeah, I didn't really see anything I wanted, so... You're lost. You know what?
0: I always wanted a friend like you to hang out with. You're so cool.
5: Hey, you want to come over? Huh? Didn't you say that you wanted to watch Ultra Force? I've got Ultra Coliseum, Nice, and Technicolor Q. But... worry it'll be okay my folks aren't around you could even stay if you want
0: this is wrong this would never actually happen so many good things one right after another but still
1: It's finally summer break. <laughs> Those
4: finals really killed me, though.
0: Totally. Hey, Akane,
5: let's all go somewhere in the time off. Yeah, that would be awesome. My vote's for C. C again. So really, i I've got an annual pass. Hey, Rika, you coming too? How much did it's that? It's cheaper that way. I think I'll pass. Ah, really? Why? You have plenty of friends to go with you. you sure, but you're also one of my friends. Yeah, I know that. But still.
4: This is all a dream. Here's your watch back.
5: Wouldn't it be better if you could dream forever, though?
4: Dreams are things you wake up from. Everyone does. Even you, Shinjo.
5: But if I could, I would stay inside a dream forever.
4: I can't join you. Gridman is calling me.
0: This is all a dream. None of my friends are here.
5: What about me? Am I not your friend?
0: If this was how we had actually met, and like if we had done this stuff in real life sometime, then I think we could have been friends.
5: This is a dream, right? What's wrong with a dream? Let's keep it going. Just like this. I'm sorry, but I can't. But you have to! I told you before. You were born already as my friend, Rika. And not just you, but everybody else, too. I'm sorry. Stopping next.
0: Utsumi! Rika! Yuta! It's Yuta! Hideki!
5: I remembered everything too!
4: We have something. Something only we can do! Something we must do! Right?
0: Gridman! Right! I had faith and waited for you!
1: So Gridman and company rise up and defeat the kaiju, and Akane continues her downward spiral. So now everyone has come to terms with the fact that they're all creations of Akane, you know? One day you're living a normal life, and then suddenly you realize the whole existence is the result of some anime girl and her alien overlord friend. The gang goes over to her place to confront her, and I, I kind of got a kick out of this bit here, where, like, they're like, okay, we gotta go to Akane Shinjo's house and really confront her about this. And they just walk out of the junk shop, Take ten steps, and they're literally at her front door. Like she's been living next door to them the entire time.
2: What the fuck? I had to do like a double take. Like, wait, did they really go for that joke? <laughs> or was that just a transition or something? No, just like right next door the entire time. You know, like maybe- I, I don't know. I would lean more towards like a uh, creative uh, transition or something, but I don't know. That was kind of funny.
1: Uh, maybe if I Akane cleaned that pigsty of hers, maybe she could have found an open window where she can look out and see Yuta going
2: in and out of junk. I know, it kind of implies, like, idiocy on her part. <laughs> That's why I lean more towards, like, creative transition. <laughs> but still, it's it's
1: funny to think that. I know. <laughs> they come up empty and decide to wait for her next move. Her next move, which is just making weak kaiju that are easily defeated by a full-powered gridman. Anti tries to fight gridman again, but he's taken down with no trouble. Rinse and repeat. And uh, it's a, it's at this point, I'm really starting to feel bad for our villains here because you see Akane just going down this downward spiral where just everything is just going wrong for her. And you see Anti trying so hard to fight Gridman like it's his only purpose, but he just keeps getting his butt handed to him every single
2: time. It's like, I feel sorry for them. It's like, come on, villains. We expect better of you. This is just pathetic. You got to put your work forward. You know, you're getting you're getting kind of buried here. You're looking like a
1: bunch of geeks. And there's even a scene afterwards where Auntie attempts to comfort Akane, but she tells him that he isn't a kaiju anymore, you know, you're just a dumb human, you're not anything I created. And after everything that's been going on between them, you still see that Auntie still does hold a little bit of care for Akane, you know, as it's raining, and he's just trying to bring an umbrella to her, and she's just still shoving him off. Like, she's just completely shutting down, but he's still trying to be there for her, which is nice.
2: Yeah, it's a neat little story beat there, kind of going... They're kind of going for it with uh, the dejected villains. But a new kaiju then emerges from the first one
1: and full power Gridman fights it but is outmatched. And I really like this kaiju here. This is another one of my favorites where it's just so very erratic with its movements. Like, it's pretty wild the way this thing is animated and the way it moves.
2: Yeah, like, they, they do a really good job of, like, animating its movement to look uh, very unpredictable. And also very unsettling and kind of creepy. Like, I remember the first
1: time I it watched a this. Bit. First time I watched this, I was just kind of, like, really put off by the, this thing. I'm just like, I don't want to look at this anymore. Just kill a fast gridman. All seems lost until Anti comes to the rescue. And then he transforms into a copy of Gridman called Grid Knight. And is able to defeat the kaiju. And Anti now has a new lease on life. Where now he's just like, okay, he wants to defeat Gridman, but he doesn't want anyone else to take that. So instead he's going to fight alongside Gridman, get stronger, and then eventually reach a point where he can then fight him and beat him one on one
2: isn't this literally like the vegeta philosophy it literally is this is just Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know why else would he hang around Kakarot you know uh, because he likes him exactly no that's a kick in his ass and afterwards Akane who witnessed Yuta's transformation probably because she finally cleaned up her room and saw an open window confronts everyone at the shop Yuta tries to tell her that Alexis is manipulating her but then she suddenly stabs him with her box cutter And that's my story. Series over. Thanks again for joining us. I've been your host... Uh, Okay, okay, not really. Not really. Almost there. Almost there. (laughs) Thankfully, Yuta isn't dead. And is just in a coma. Man. First amnesia, then realizing you're a figment of an anime girl's mind, and now a coma? Poor Yuta's had it rough, man.
2: (laughs) Akane got, like, that one good idea. She finally got that good idea, like, Oh, wait, I could just fucking stab him in person.
1: You know, it's like that bit in Austin Powers where, like, uh, Dr. Yerville, like, says, I'll make a time machine to go back back in time and kill Austin Powers and steal his mojo. And then Scott's all like, you know, why don't you just just shoot him? I got a gun in my room. We can shoot him together. It'd be a father-son bonding moment. You know, and Akane just, like, I'll just stab him. How about that? (laughs) And then she just, like, she kind of just walks off, too. And everyone's just kind of in shock when they see Yuta just drowning in a pool of his own blood.
2: God. (laughs) It's actually really kind of gruesome. It is, especially for all like the benign like uh, like monster fighting we've seen up to this point. Now, now we see
1: like real, real violence here. And because the kaiju used to maintain the city were destroyed during the previous battle, the day does not reset, and the city falls into chaos. Can you say boned? And also during this, we kind of get like little a bit of a montage of the city falling into chaos. And during this, we even see that the mail has been suspended. And I'm wondering if Trigger predicted 2020 here. You know, everyone, chaos, stuff going around, the mail being fucked with, you know? they I bet they knew something.
2: Uh, I, I don't know, I can It's a good question, coronavirus or kaiju, I'm not sure what <laughs> which I would take.
1: Ah, uh, kaiju are, uh, you know, an analogy for coronavirus. Ah, there we go. Meanwhile, Akane continues to be depressed and is unwilling to make more kaiju, causing Alexis to resort to unleashing her old kaiju onto the city while Auntie holds him off as Grid Knight. Anti-solidifying his face turn here, or tweener roll, whichever you look at it, but either way, he's not heal anymore.
2: Either way, he's still badass. So super
1: cool. I love the design of Grid Knight, too. All hope seems to be lost until the Neon Genesis Junior High students realize that Yuta is linked to Junk and upgrade it in an attempt to wake him up. And it works! And also during this, we find out that Yuta is actually Gridman, for realsies, possessing the body of the real Yuta. So how about this reveal?
2: Yeah, he just it's It's like oh okay, fine. <laughs> gridman is Yuta now, I guess. though apparently like in some of
1: my research the ultra series works seem to have like this as a common twist where like the main kid is actually the main hero just taken oh, over the body. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know are like Ultraman is actually just like just taking over the body of like a human, you know.
2: Right, right. And the same work for the gridman series too it's one of those ideas where i it's one of those like things where i'm all like would this would this be more like would this kind of like twist or something or like this kind of development uh be more meaningful to like a japanese audience where like that kind of stuff is more popularly known over in japan i would think so yeah and it's like, like, like... And am i just missing out on some of these like references just because like i'm not like within that like uh sort of like media consuming culture and stuff i would think so because like you know that's what, to- that's what i kind of considered like maybe that's why i like um uh, i'm kind of getting confused around here a little bit yeah
1: because like tokusatsu and ultraman and stuff like that are all really really popular over there more so in the states so i bet you like Jap- general japanese audiences watching this were probably like ah, oh, they're doing the thing that that ultra series usually does ah it's really cool it's a nice reference yeah that's kind of wondering so now it's time to stop Alexis. As Gridman, Max, Bohr, and Vit transform into full-powered Gridman, and while Caliber partners with Grid Knight to form Grid Knight Caliber, and I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but I don't care. All of this is so cool. It's so so fun to watch.
2: Well, he just straight up. Go, well, yeah, because this is like now OG Gridman here we're dealing with. Oh yeah, and so, it's and well, well, this as I said before. Whereas whereas before, uh, some of the references didn't really do it for me before. Um. I will say this: scene OG Gridman finally come together in the end, uh, I did actually kind of feel something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like uh, they're able to like at- figure out Junk's access code, allowing Gridman and the Neon Genesis Junior High students and anti to all combine into Gridman's true form, which is accompanied by the original Gridman the Hyper Agent
2: opening. You may know Hero. Now that that was the one moment of the series where I was like, okay, now this special moment. Is hitting me, like I can actually now feel how important this is to the original. And this is just fucking bomb, bomb, bomb as hell. It's so cool. Like the first time
1: I saw it, like I heard the song, like I haven't heard the original Gridman, the Hyper Agent song at the time, but I knew, I knew. I'm just like, okay, this kind of has like an old school, like '90s rock song. This is probably like the old opening, and it's really cool.
2: Like, okay, yeah, I can now feel how important this is. I can feel the legacy. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This was like one of my favorite. This was like my favorite moment in the entire series. No joke.
1: And they even had the uh, the band that does the opening to this series perform that version of the song.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, it, and of course, uh, against that too is like a fight that really does like a lot of justice for the uh, characters we've seen up to this point. Um, I also like to think I was also happy because Alexis Carib was happy because now he finally gets to do he finally gets to be like the villain of the series just rev- just bringing monsters to life up to this point being a dapper um, uh, d- digital uh, criminal fellow
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then finally he gets to break free and be all like haha I was really the one controlling Shinjo all along that poor stupid depressed girl
1: and he even turns her into a kaiju as well to fight alongside him.
2: Uh, it's this, this is where I really felt it. I really felt it here.
1: Yeah, like in the lead up to Akane becoming a kaiju, we get like a great scene between like we have Rika confronting Akane with like her trying to like trying to be friends with her, trying to like stop her from doing all this while Re- Akane pushes her away. And it's a really great scene with like amazing acting by Lindsay Seidel. Like it's a it's a scene like this that makes you feel that she's really the MVP of the dub here.
2: Oh yeah, because like in these final in these final episodes, this is where like it really hits home that like Shinjo really was just this um just this very like lonely girl that uh, didn't know how to get anyone to like her, and that's why she turned to uh, Carib to give her this uh this world of hers in which she could be friends with anybody. She kind of makes like
1: a version of herself that's more idealized, one that she feels that most people would like, other than like say what she really's lo- what she's really like. Right. So like this fight between. OG Gridman against Alexis is really great and it's even they even have the
2: same setting as the original Gridman the little hyper city. Yeah, yeah, this this whereas before in the series I was all like this feels important and big but I'm not feeling it. This was where I was like I I feel exactly how important this big it is, how important and big this is and I'm loving every second of it.
1: And, uh, it's with this, this is where it's confirmed that that this Gridman we see here is the same exact Gridman from the original show. Even where, like, Alexis says, like, Ah, I like your look. Very nostalgic. And then, we very much confirmed that SSSS Gridman is actually a sequel to Gridman the
2: Hyper Agent. So it makes me raise more questions about where Alexis, uh, even came from, because he's not in the original series, from what I know. (laughs) Ah, here's
1: a little, uh, behind the scenes stuff here, as, uh, this whole series, SSS Gridman, is actually an interpretation of what was supposed to be the sequel to the original Gridman called Gridman F. It would have involved uh, the character Ipe from the original series going to another school where he meets a character named Yuta Hibiki, who is actually the new host for Gridman, and the main villains would have been Alexis and Akane playing the same roles that they were in the original
2: series. Well, there it is. There it is. And I'm guessing Alexis Carab is uh, just a... Another like cyber criminal in the same vein as like con digifer that yeah. man is just hunting down.
1: Yeah, I believe it was that Alexis was like related to con digifer in a way. So he was taking up the man design
2: wise. They're both very similar. So I believe it.
1: Yeah, like probably like there's there's probably like more to the relationship in the original plans, but we haven't seen those plans. But still, you can apply it.
2: Maybe like a Frieza, like a uh, cooler kind of relationship. or something. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, that would mean that would be nice. Yeah, I, I would have believed that. And uh, also I want to mention that we don't really mention the Japanese seiyuu all that much, but uh, Gridman, his original actor, he's played by his original Japanese actor here.
2: Yes! Yes! I love that.
1: So, like, him being brought on wasn't a, an homage. It was actually like, no, this is this plays into the bigger role of things. Like, this is actually the same guy, same reference, everything. Like, this is all I a continuation. I really
2: fucking appreciate that. That is a really cool move. That's really cool. Like,
1: Trigger attempt was, like, they wanted to keep this a secret when promoting the show, so in the initial interviews and reports, they had to say, like, oh, this isn't connected to the original Gridman, this is an alternate universe. And they even had press releases that said that uh, both, that had uh, pictures of the original Gridman and the new Gridman from earlier in the series side by side. But in the end, Trigger was just like, haha, swerve, it's a continuation. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, but I will splice you into the finish to this fight, cause it's it's amazing. It's got everything, and yeah, it's visual, but still, just hearing it, all the action, and hearing the opening just blaring during this big triumphant moment, it's still, it'll get it'll get your blood pumping and get you a fist pumping in the air.
0: Okay, the heck's this? You've all got an acceptor now. Acceptors
4: join separate hearts and make them one. Let's
0: go! Together! Yeah! Yeah. Good luck. Access! Access. Flash! Enter the battle code. The access code is. Enter Gridman. <laughs> access code was. This is the true access flash. This is the form of the true Gridman!
5: That's the big guy from yesterday! Yesterday. No, for a long time now.
0: What a nostalgic look that is, green man. But it doesn't matter. I will defeat you and search for the next darkness. <coughs> I won't be a that! It all is here! Alexis,
3: care
1: So Gridman uses his true power, Grid Fixer Beam, to reset the city and make contact with Akane. And also the uh, Grid Fixer Beam is how he resets the city in the original show. I recall that. Yeah, he even does the same pose too and has little sparkles come out of his uh, forearms to like rebuild the city and everything. It's great.
2: And He even uses the beam to fix the hell out of Alexis Carib and defeat him. <laughs>
1: Also, this kind of reminds me of how uh, you know, in uh, *Miraculous Ladybug*, when able, Ladybug is able to reset Paris at the end of each episode.
2: Oh my god, it is exactly like it is. It is exactly like *Miraculous Ladybug*. Like, I
1: wouldn't be surprised if uh, Thomas, Ostrook and, and the crew were fans of like
2: *Gridman*, the Hyper Agent. Uh, mm, well, there there has been some like giant rope, giant robot stuff in there, so I wouldn't put it past them. It's a deep cut reference there
1: for only only a handful of people who watch *Miraculous Ladybug* who will get Tokusatsu references.
2: Yeah, I don't know how big of that how big that is among our audience, but like hey, we 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 got to show some love to Ladybug. So Gridman, Rika and Utsumi then convince
1: Akane to face her fears, allowing her to break free from Alexis. And Akane and Rika share one final moment together and it's a really great scene where they're just sitting in a room together and Rika is giving her the motivation to go back to the real world and face her fears and knowing that she'll become stronger for it. And so the series comes to a close with Gridman and the Neon Genesis Junior High students taking Alexis into custody. The city returns to normal and the real yuta wakes up with Rika and Utsumi by his side. Anti turns out to have been saved by the Kaiju girl from earlier who is also uh, related to like a Kaiju from the original Gridman series that we see. And we get the biggest reveal of the series. Akane wakes up in the real world. Our real world and we see that she looks similar to Rika, and even has uh, Rika's outfit hanging off to the side in her room. So it's shown that here that Rika is basically the embodiment of Akane's true self the entire time. This is the big reveal right here. I think that's what they're trying to tell us. pretty sure that that is it, but again, it's a, this is, they're kind of making this like a thinker series,
2: you know, we gotta let the audience interpret this their own way. I mean, that was, I mean, the, 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 that pull out to, like, live action at the end, like, you know, I, th- I, th- I've, I've, I thought that was pretty cool. That was really great. Like, no one saw it coming. Because remember, Toko Sentai series, live action origins. Live action. Gotta do it. So, I appreci- I appreciated that. It, it was like a nice little um, pullback to its origins. But yeah, like, the whole time, like,
1: you can now start to see, like, some of her thought process with, like, making some of the people in her world, you know. Rika is basically who she really is and then tries to make herself, like, you know, the complete opposite of that in her, in her uh, Akane form. And then we see someone like uh, Yuta, which could be interpreted as, like, you know, a person that she wishes would like her real self, which is why Yuta has a crush on Rika, which could be implied. Or something like Utsumi being, like, someone that she wishes she could share her same interests in kaiju with, which is another thing that could be implied. I think that rating kind of works. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, you know, that's at least my interpretation for it, but, you know, there's no wrong way to interpret things, as I've come to learn throughout the years. And also, one thing I want to mention, like, in her room, if you look closely on the wall, she has a poster of uh, Promare. Of course she does. (laughs) Yeah, story for another day. Stay tuned. But this may be the end of this series, but isn't the end of Gridman, as on December 14th, 2019, SSSS DynaXenon was announced. Uh, We don't know when it'll come out, but it's going to come eventually and be a continuation of this series. And so, final thoughts on Gridman.
2: Uh, see um i certainly found it to be uh fairly enjoyable um uh a a little bit more a little bit more different though compared to like triggers past works i mean i would definitely say this is um i mean i wouldn't say this is like their best but like um this isn't this is a respectable a little venture uh a nice little a nice little series that uh, pays a lot of good respect to to a Tokusentai series out there. That I mean, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it could be easy to write off as just a uh, as a series that is uh, in the shadow of its larger, more famous uh, Ultraman series. But um, y- you got to love all the love that the production crew uh, showed to the original Gridman in the series. Although I will admit, the series though is. I still have to say it's marred a little bit by the fact that like you kind of you kind of do need to know those references to the original Gridman a little bit to get the full enjoyment out of that, and maybe that maybe that could work a little bit better for like some Japanese audiences, maybe. But I could still imagine there's some people out there, like over, even in Japan probably, who just haven't watched Gridman, maybe. And are just and could also just be confused by some of the references in here a little bit. Uh, I think the show is is marred in some parts in that regard. Uh, especially in how um they try to craft the larger story and world as well. I think some of that weakness is also shown in Shinjo as well, in how the animators uh, clearly kind of had other purposes with Shindo in like her or Shinjo in her portrayal as this sort of like seductress angle or like a seductive God or something like that. Um, I don't think that element gelled very well in the end. So in those two regards, I think the series does hold it back a little bit, but I still think it comes out ahead uh, in many of it's like action scenes in the way the uh, battles are animated. Um, uh, definitely in uh, the segments where they do get to Gridman. Although I will say, I think the series could have used a little bit more Gridman, to be honest. (laughs) Because a lot of the focus is on the kids in this show. Hashtag need for Gridman. Throughout the whole thing, I was just just like, uh, yeah, but what about Gridman? Can we ask his opinion (laughs) on things a little more? Gridman, where are you from? Not important.
1: (laughs) Gridman should be louder and more in your face. And whenever Gridman's not on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Gridman? I'm not asking for, like, (laughs) poochy
2: levels of Gridman. But, like, I mean, like, he, he he's in the title. I kind of wanted a little bit more, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of bring it more back to like the mythology or something like that. But um, no, I still I still think it's a fairly respectable show. I wouldn't say it's like uh like uh, to the levels of, like uh, the past series we reviewed here that um Trigger's also worked on. It's good. It's good.
1: So two years ago, I ranked this show number three out of my top anime of 2018, and still feel the same way. Yeah, I pretty much do. I still think this is a very, very good series, you know, despite some of its faults that you mentioned, you know, with how Akane's portrayal and the way she's filmed with like a lot of male gaze and stuff like that and how like there is a lot of it's loaded to the brim with references that only certain people who grew up watching Gridman would get. But at the same time, I kind of feel that they're vague enough where newcomers like ourselves can still very much enjoy the series and other people can enjoy them, too. Where and then later on they can look up the references and then it can add a little bit more on a second viewing and stuff. But still, I think this is still a very, very well done series. And I think like, while not as good as say Kill a Kill or Little Witch Academia, I can say the show can still stand firmly next to those shows as part of like Trigger's upper echelon
2: of good shows that they made over the years. I still respect the uh, spirit that went into it. I th- I think that's I think the spirit of it uh, is probably what. Uh, comes out ahead, because you do definitely feel the love the animators had for uh, the original Gridman series, and I think that's what the show should be um, appreciated most for, I think, is that this is just a crew that really liked Gridman, that got a chance to um, really show that love with a new story, and I think they accomplished in that
1: Yeah, record. this is definitely a big love letter to like Gridman and Tokusatsu in general, and you can really feel that with the way they made the show the way they wrote it the way they animated everything the fact that they took enough care to animate gridman and all the kaiju in the similar way to like suitmation like translating live action
2: suitmation to cgi animation like that took a lot of love and effort i mean considering the fact that like in, in another timeline like gridman could have been completely forgotten as like a failed uh like spin off of ultraman and where we just got like another, in which we just got like an Ultraman anime or something, you know what? I, I like, I appreciate this. I appreciate it. In fact,
1: I think we did get got an Ultraman anime within the last couple of years on like Netflix. I think. I think we did some get something like that. But still, like you can just feel the love here. This is just a big love letter, and also just uh, talk about like I really like the characters. I like the designs, despite it being very male gazey at times with Rika and Akane. But still. Love the designs. They're very nice, simple, yet effective, very cute, very fun to look at. And a lot of the other characters, too, like the Neon Genesis junior high students, they're just a lot of fun. Just these big, just these four goofs just walking around with our main heroes. <laughs> and also, the fights are just really good. Like, Trigger really excels in fight scenes as seen with stuff like Kill a Kill, Little Witch, and also some of the other stuff they've done third party with other companies like OKKO OK and like stuff like
2: that. Yeah, I, I really do appreciate that they tried to uh, emulate as much as they could uh, how the battles were actually acted out in the original uh, live-action series. Um, You don't see that kind of uh, craftsmanship in anime, especially when they're adapting uh, a live-action work uh, in its passing from its past incarnation. So I, I got to give props to that. I really do.
1: I also want to have a major shout-out to the dub, like... Clifford Chafin, once again, being an amazing director with, like, a great cast, Brandon McInnes, Jill Harris, Greg Ayers, Ron McCollum, but, like I said before, MVP, Lindsay Seidel, she knocks it out of the park with Akane, like, she's really, really good. And yeah, did a fantastic job. And also one thing I want to mention with this series, a uh, very easy watch, like, I feel like this is the kind of series where it's 12 episodes, if you got a lot of time to kill, which most of you who are listening to this probably do have a lot of time to kill, whether you're in quarantine out of a job or whatnot. Like if you just want to like set aside an afternoon, throw on gridman twelve episodes later, you'll pretty much have an entire day set out. It's really, really easy to get through.
2: Oh yeah, you can easily knock this out in a day. Yeah, it's just it's so nice and just really cool. So
1: thank you all for listening. I've been your host Mikey and you can find me at my social media as at Mikey Showdown on Twitter, MikeyShoot.tumbler dot com,
2: and Mikey Showdown on the gram. Where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at WolfishGrin on Twitter and WolfishGrin on Tumblr. Follow the show's Twitter at Anime underscore Bay That's
1: Anime underscore B-A-Y-B-O-Y. And be sure to subscribe at com, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Send any questions, comments, or concerns to pod at gmail.com. It's AnimeBayBay, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And on the next episode, Summer Trigger continues with a big one. So big, in fact, that we may have to split it up into two parts. It's it's that big. And if you enjoyed previous episodes like, say, Bloom Into You or ReZero, where we had conflicting opinions, shall we say, on the, those shows, then you're really going to love this one. We've hinted at it here and there in the past. Now the time has come. Next time, Darling in the Franks.
2: Uh. My, my God! <laughs> I, I knew it was coming, and I could not wait for the day. You knew it was coming. We've hinted at it so
1: many times in the past. It's bound to happen, and it's gonna happen.
2: It was the one. It was the one anime where you were so hyped for it and got behind it, but I'd heard so much about it and <laughs> many other opinions about it and how it goes and now and i always knew i always knew this day would come when we we <laughs> we would probably be at each other's throats and i think that day is coming because as of this recording i am six episodes into darling and in the franks oh yeah it's gonna be us think it's gonna be a slobber knocker folks <laughs> oh meme me. it's gonna be it's gonna great. get messy it's gonna get it- yelly it's going to get, get done, dirty. Got down and dirty. Just Stay oh, tuned man. and listen next time. Uh, next time. Round three. Point. Until then,
1: folks. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Practice social distancing. Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Defund the police. Save the post office. Remember to vote. Get your uh, absentee ballots out there as soon as possible. And until then, this has been... Anime, Anime, baby. baby.
0: E que
5: if I could.